It's the only resource you need for all your bourbon news. What is This Week in Bourbon? And here's your headlines for May 13th, 2022. The Kentucky Bourbon Festival tickets are now on sale. Long Branch and Matthew McConaughey launched the Wonder What If campaign, and Goose Island Bourbon County Stout now enters the NFT space. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. And they're off for another Gift 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back, everybody. This week in bourbon, with all the best in bourbon news. Welcome back, post-derby time. And now we had to start it off, because I was watching Jeopardy before this started, and I was like, all right, we'll, we'll open up with something Jeopardy, Jeopardy-ish, if we can. You a, you Ooh, a Jeopardy watcher or Wheel of Fortune? What's the category? <laughs> uh, bourbon news. That's about all I got. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Throw it on me. Pod, podcasting news. Podcasting, what's the, podcasters what's the of bourbon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I love Jeopardy. Even though I feel like I'm smart because I can get like five out of the 200 questions, right? You know, but they're all the the $200 level. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm very. There are some times like you'll get one category, you're like, all right, I know a lot in this one. I feel so. And then like everything else, you're like, if there's any like literature stuff, no chance. Oh, anything (laughs) with poems or art history. 
humanities. I, I stand, I'm just like, no. I don't stand a chance. <laughs> nope. Too pragmatic. I, I'm terrible at those ones as well. It, I can do well, of course, in the technology ones every once in a while. They'll throw like an Apple category or something like that. What was it? I think it was even last week they had one about, it was all alcohol and there was different kinds of drinks and stuff like that. And we got, well, we got the same girls Apple. on there. Same girl's been winning for like, like oh, Matea? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. She was, but she just lost a few days ago. And oh, so now gotcha. it's, yeah, so they now they're doing down. the, yeah, now they're back to the churn of one to two day champions. But yeah, she was on for quite some time. I, I think that's, it's been a record this year where they've had, I think like four Jeopardy champions in probably the past few months have been, I think in the top like eight grossing or in the top eight leaders of all time of Jeopardy. So it's been a wow. anomaly like of Jeopardy. There's like juicing going on in Jeopardy or something. <laughs> <laughs> Have to monitor their Adderall level or something. They really started stacking people. I don't know what it was, but yeah, it's been it's been wild. I liked her. She was kind of funny. She was witty. She was. She was. She was a character. But I think yep. any any Jeopardy champion, they're always characters. It's not like yeah. a regular Joe you meet on the street. It's it's and somebody. All that the losers like, hated her too. They're like, <laughs> you can just tell they're like, I'm not shaking your hand. Well, plus I think she was only what 24, 27? Yeah, she was young. Yeah, I mean that's that's impressive. She'll be back yeah. determined to champion. Sure, everybody's pumped about Jeopardy talk. Ah, I know. Well, you want to start talking about Wheel of Fortune? Yeah, let's. You, <laughs> me and my wife Tiffany looked this up the other night. Like we we're just like, what does Vanna White make to turn numbers? And it's That's ten true. million dollars a year. You're shitting me. No way. No. Yeah. And then saying, well, that's the you know. Here's the thing: is that yes, you roll back the hands of time twenty years ago. She actually had to turn the numbers. It's all computer generated now. There's no. There's, she didn't even have to touch those. I still those think screens. she does. I think she taps them. Well, yeah, <laughs> she does. But they don't need to do that. Well, even before, it's not like. They were 50 pound letters. You got to like, <laughs> like roll, roll over. Up a hill. <laughs> yeah, be like, we need seats. Yeah, like that's what on the, the job description be like. You have to be able to carry at least 50 pounds to, to yeah. be a Vanna White kind of person. Got to reach eight foot tall letters and turn them. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, talk about a job of a lifetime. Get to travel the world, touch some letters, and then laugh, smile, and go, hey, Pat. Goodbye, folks. That's <laughs> Good about night, it. Pat. Mm-hmm. Man. All right. Well, maybe one day we'll be reincarnated as Vanna White. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to the bourbon news. So the Kentucky Bourbon Festival, it will return to the bourbon capital of the world in September to honor the legacy and artistry of the Commonwealth's finest spirit. So the 31st annual Kentucky Bourbon Festival will be held September 16th through the 18th in Bardstown. And this year's festival will offer more possibilities to meet with experts from world-renowned bourbon brands. And for the first time ever, festival tickets will include bourbon tastings as well. You don't have to buy anything extra. It's all included. And also addition this year is that guests may purchase bottles directly from the distilleries. So the Kentucky Bourbon Festival's Distillers Row Series will include 20 separate single barrel options, which more than quadruples the number available last year. And ticket holders will also have access to over 30 unique bourbon-themed vendors, food trucks, and the annual Master Distillers Bottle Auction. So we were, uh, at least I went last year. You didn't go last year, did you? I did not. No, I need to go back. I've retired from bourbon festivals when... I did a lot, and you know, when I was younger. And, <laughs> you wouldn't get your pancakes there? And, yeah, I did... Did the Kentucky Headhunter thing and, you know, do the Bourbon Garden, I guess it was called at the time. But uh, I need to go back. I heard last year was great because it's a difference, more 
serious focused. I know a lot of locals didn't like it because yet it was a ticketed event. Whereas before it was kind of like a carnival and fair Mm -hmm. where everybody could show up and it wasn't really, I mean, there was bourbon brands there obviously and the normal events, but it wasn't like as a intuitive as experience experience for, you know, visitors. So yeah. And I I like this thing that people are moving like towards all inclusive, um, you know, experiences. I'm, willing to pay a little more just so I don't have to worry about it when I go. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll dive into that in a second. There's actually half the tickets are already sold out. So some of like the VIP tastings, they're already done. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So if you want to get even GA access, you better go buy your tickets quick because last year it sold out. And it's cool. They'll have bottles there that you can only get there at the, for the festivals. So that's, I like that idea as well. Um, yeah. yeah, I was there last year. I was able to be on a panel with a few different folks and it was definitely, it was a really cool experience and and I'm not going to name names to throw anybody else underneath the bus, but as you were saying, how this festival was once held, local residents were not happy with it because the way that it used to be is that it would just be a place with funnel cakes and a bouncy house. And now when they started talking about it being a ticketed only event, local residents were like, well, what about the kids? What do we do for the kids? And like my response was for a bourbon festival. So <laughs> yeah. it was, yeah, it's like, screw the kids. Like this isn't supposed to be a, a kid's family friendly kind of thing. Like this is going to be for a destination that people are now going to travel from out of the country or not out of the country. Well, maybe out of the country, but from different states to come and visit and, and kind of figure out new things. But I do love the new thing this year about being able to buy their bottles directly from the distilleries in the tent. So you can go shopping as you're sitting there. So I don't know. We'll see. I've, I've talked to Randy, who's the head of this now. And uh, I, I kind of said, Hey, I think, I think bourbon pursuit and maybe in pursuit spirits, we want to have a bigger presence this year. And it's going to be different because it only lasts from 12 to six. So it doesn't oh, go, nice. it doesn't go yeah. into the nighttime. They're not worrying about booking bands or anything like that this year. So instead uh, they're going to have it from 12 to six and then distilleries in the area can host their own sort of parties or get togethers or whatever that night, or it can be yet another kind of ticketed event that you can have people come to and stuff like that. So there's a lot of cool things that are in the works right there. Yeah, we can. Well, I think the barrel folks have already like taken the house. I would want us to be at, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, it'd be cool if they set up those slushy machines again. I didn't get to try on those. The seagrass sit seagrass on fire with seagrass slushies. Mm-hmm. Well, we just got to make our own United slush, and then people start running our way. I need to find a recipe. Maybe Nick will give us one. All right. Well, it's all it's called is R and D. We'll figure it out. You know, we we always have before, but we've got a few months to to get on it. So I think that'll be the, the next thing after pursuit Palooza, that's what we'll worry about. Now I can't even we can justify buying one of those nice slushing machines. Finally, I keep know. it in our house. I've always, I've always said that's one of, you know, when you get older and you're like, I can, now that I've got old people money or, you know, grown up money, I can buy whatever I want. Like, that's what I want. I want like a $2,000 slushy machine because I was a slushaholic for a long time as a kid growing up, man. I, I love my slushies. Whether they're from, you know, Speedway or whether they're from Target, Target, <laughs> Sonic. I mean, you name it. I love my slushes. I'm a fan too. Yeah. So Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, 
They have announced that they have now signed a four-year distribution agreement with Beam Centauri, and this will cover all U.S. control states. So this represents Southern Glaciers and Beam Centauri's first multi-year agreement across all control states. Beam Centauri and Southern Glaciers have a long-standing 35-year relationship, and the latest agreement builds upon the previous national distribution agreement that announced in 2020 and that aligned these two organizations and across open states and now control states. The two companies now have a full national alignment across 43 states across the markets so hmm. i think we can only dream to get that big yeah i'm sure there's no shenanigans between them and the control states <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of leverage somewhere happening <laughs> somewhere in there i would, I would yeah imagine so. sure it's just fair and square you know straightforward <laughs> <laughs> there's no greasing palms what are you talking about yeah uh, all right, so let's talk about some some shipping things because we always like to poke fun at the bear or poke at the bear here as we I could maybe poke fun at it too. Why not? So for a while, it looked like California Senate Bill 620 would authorize direct-to-consumer shipments for beer and spirits for breweries and distilleries, large and small. But however, there's the latest version that has a lot of bill cuts and a lot of language that's been removed. So here are five key takeaways from the May 2nd Amendment. So all references to beer were actually cut in the new version of the bill. So out-of-state beer manufacturers will no longer have direct-to-consumer shipping privileges. Um, and they will only be applied to licensed California craft distillers and a distilled spirits producer or craft distiller license in any other state that complies with the conditions necessary for the assurance of craft distiller license and set forth the subdivisions A, B, and section 25002. This means that it caps production to 150,000 gallons of distilled spirits per fiscal year. So if you are a big boy, that means you are no longer too allowed to direct a consumer. It also means that Distilled Spirits Direct Shipper is only allowed to ship from a premises at which the permit holder is issued a license by the department or by another state to manufacture or produce the distilled spirits. That means there's no fulfillment warehouses. It also means that any amount of distilled spirits sold and shipped directly to residents in the state in excess of 100,000 liters shall not exceed the volume of distilled spirits shipped or sold to wholesalers in the state. So that means your direct-to-consumer direct sales cannot exceed your wholesale sales. And they also say that common carriers cannot use contract employees to deliver alcohol. So that's the new language. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like a little bit of a loss for California residents and for anybody that's going to be making over 150,000 proof gallons a year. So unfortunate, but, you know, it. It's something, I guess. I don't. I don't know what the consolation prize is. That a silver meller, a silver or bronze medal? Like, is, if we're gonna put something yeah. across to it, maybe they'll have a proof of concept with the smaller craft guys, and then to kind of iron out all the, you know, whatever, you know, just iron oh, out the God. systems and get the processes down, and then maybe open it up. But I don't know. It's. That's wishful thinking after we just got done talking about beams from Tory and Republic National going to this big thing. No, this is right. this is exactly what you think it is. This is your your big middle tier folks that are strong arming policy to make sure that they don't lose their cut and their piece of the pie. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, unfortunately. Gosh. All right. It's depressing. It's never <laughs> gonna happen. You want some more depressing news? I can bring it. Ready to hear it? Let's do so it. At least a half a dozen of out-of-state alcohol retailers have drawn the attention of North Carolina's Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission for illegally shipping liquor into the state. So cease and desist letters were sent to sellers in at least four different states for selling through the internet and shipping it directly to North Carolina residents. So under state law, 
It's illegal for wholesalers or dealers or out-of-state businesses to ship alcoholic drinks to anyone without the appropriate permitting. And here were the people that were, um, unfortunately, got accused. So Liquor in Delhi and the Barrel Tap from Spring Valley, California. Mission Trails Market, also known as SipWhiskey.com from San Diego. Caskers from Albany, New York. And Vino Fine Wine and Spirits in New York. So according to North Carolina Beer, uh, Wine, and Wholesale Association, these cease and desist letters are now giving the sellers 30 days to show proof that the applicable state taxes were collected. If not, a violation of the law is considered a felony in North Carolina. So they have to go to North Carolina and serve time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've never I've never had to been served a warrant or served anything. So if somebody said I'm accused of a felony, I'm going to fix that pretty damn quick. I'm not going to sit there and be like, well, come after me. I'm surprised they named the names That's like of, of the companies. But uh, I guess maybe that's a deterrent for future to not... You know, yeah, to not ship stuff here. That's a tricky one, man. I I think we, we kind of talked about it in the last round table. It's unfortunate that a lot of these states just don't see the bigger picture that just be, and, and I think this is probably the reason why this sucks, even for us, is like, if somebody wants to get a bottle of Pursuit United, well, we're not in North Carolina. We don't have plans to be in North Carolina for a very long time. And the state is now restricting. And you can't ship them to them. And we can't restrict. Yeah, we can't ship to them. Now the state is restricting us and and, interna- and national commerce clauses for us to actually be able to get our product to people. And there a lot of their, you know, their arguments are saying that, well, you know, a wholesaler can go and get it or a retailer can figure out how to be able to carry it for their local store. Unfortunately, that's not the way, and that's different in some states, but in North Carolina, it's all government ran. And so unless we go and actually open up North Carolina and start working with the state, that's the only way we can get it there. So unfortunately, anybody that lives in North Carolina can't get Pursuit United just because of of this. And and so it honestly, at the end of the day, it makes for an unhappy customer. And so they're going to go around it. And I think if anything in history proves it, that if you put, you know, you resist something, people are going to find a way to get around their rules and regulations. I was surprised when I went to Charlotte last fall how very little bourbon selection there is everywhere. You know, it's pretty amazing. Like in that, and and I know Charlotte has a lot of whiskey fans and uh, it was just amazing that they just had very little, you know, to offer. Yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate that that's the rules and the regulations that we have to deal with. I, I mean, we had that episode with Alex Coral from Ship Compliant. So if there's any way to fix this is that you've got to vote in the people that will fix it and take down anybody that kind of stands in the way. But this is maybe just a, a, a maybe on a 10 year anniversary of burn pursuit. It'll, <laughs> it'll happen four more years, four more years. That's what we're going to go for. Four more years. And we're going to have direct consumer across the board. Nobody well, can midterms are coming up everywhere. So you should be ask. Are you gonna allow liquor shipped to my state? <laughs> I'm Not. sure. I'm sure that's what people are really worried about on their platform right now, with all the Roe v. Wade and everything else going on. I'm sure that liquor shipping is high. Well, let's on the make this a list. thing. With elections coming, we should start promoting this. We should have thought about it about six weeks ago, and and really, well, no. tear. Well, now you have your primaries are over, but now you can do, because um, the real one's not till November, so we got time. Okay. All right. We can start well, a movement. Let's uh, let's let's hop in some Excel spreadsheets and figure out who we need to contact and start paying for some Facebook ads and and make it happen. Let's do it. I'll do an Instagram post once, <laughs> just once. <laughs> I'm sure that'll move the needle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Mingo Craft Creek, dist- sorry, Mingo Creek Craft Distillers 
It's a six-year-old craft whiskey distillery and the producers of Liberty Pole Spirits. They have officially announced that they are going to be embarking on a new project to build a distillery campus adjacent to the street at the Meadows Entertainment Complex in North Strabane Township, Pennsylvania. This new campus will be located just four miles from the original distillery in the city of Washington and will feature a colonial-themed tasting room and visitor center. It's a state-of-the-art production facility and a 3,400-barrel capacity rack house. This expansion initially will nearly triple the production capacity from the current location through an addition of a 1,000-gallon mash cooker, four 1,000-gallon fermenters, and a 1,000-gallon pot still. The still will be supplied by Vendome, and while the mash cooker and fermenters will be supplied by um, Deutsche Beverage Technology of Charlotte, North Carolina. Future production increases can be accomplished as needed by adding additional fermenters up to projected maximum capacity of 60,000 gallons of whiskey or more than 1,100 barrels per year. And in honor of the region's whiskey rebellion heritage, the project will kick off with the raising of a Liberty Pole in lieu of a traditional groundbreaking ceremony. Liberty Poles are often raised by Western Pennsylvania farmer distillers to protest the excise tax on distilled spirits that was passed in 1791. These Liberty Poles became an enduring symbol of the Whiskey Rebellion. No ribbon cutting, just flag raising. I like it. Just flag raising. Yeah, they they protested excise tax in in 1791, yet here we are today in 2022 and we're still paying it. (laughs) We can can rebel all we want, but people still want the whiskey, so it's not like we can rebel that much. Yeah, that's yeah. Let's not get into taxes. But <laughs> speaking of voting, well, that's on our our. We're gonna really have a good voting push this year. Let's let's see who we can get to lower excise taxes and increase shipping. Do you think There's you probably could... zero candidates? But <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say when they are looking for people to be on a panel to ask questions, maybe you should be the one that has like. And you're like, okay. Oh, and, the town hall meeting. Yeah. I mean, like, and okay, uh, you know, person A over here, what's your stance on this? They'll have serious topics like, how are you going to get the economy? How are you going to tackle inflation? How will you get gas prices down? And I'll be like, so how are you going to get excise taxes and shipping of it? <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. It's like, we're the, we're the coal miners that everybody else was kind of running against and run for it. So now we have to act like people were like, Hey, we're the backbone of America. It's whiskey. You need to be able to pay attention to us. Now. That's right. Bourbon. Oh, it's, it's America. It is. And, and as we keep going here, so long branch, we know that it's the bourbon that was co-created by Matthew McConaughey and wild Turkey. They're announcing the launch of a second chapter and it's imaginative wonder. What if global creative campaign, and this was conceptualized and stars the Academy Award-winning actor. To communicate McConaughey's vision to step beyond old-world distillery and speakeasy tropes and venture into a brave new realm of spirited storytelling, the brand partnered with celebrated photographer Miller Mobley to direct and capture the actor-turned-bourbon creator on his curious journey. Shot on a ranch just outside of McConaughey's native Austin, Texas, the vignettes open to reveal a vast field decorated starkly by a singular oak tree before viewers are beckoned to follow the spokesman as he challenges them to the question of the possibilities of what if. Shot in a single day via Steadicam, the spots are meant to draw viewers in for a close glimpse into the intricacies of the creative director and the narrator's mind. McConaughey inhabits a curious and playful mood as he wanders with great conviction with a bottle in hand. He pushes a single bar cart through an open field to an unknown destination, sits perched under an oak tree, and eventually raises a glass next to a self-made campfire, all while pontificating on deep thought and what-if-isms. In the opening film, the spokesperson and philosopher asked, what if you took a Kentucky straight, 
put it into a Texas fire, and created an award-winning bourbon. A question that is immediately answered as the scene cuts to McConaughey holding a bottle of Long Branch and draped in medals. In the subsequent shorts that run from just 6 to 30 seconds, the narrator ponders, what if there was a horse named Long Branch? while dreamily envisioning an exhilarating horse race and poetically rhymes oak, mesquite, smoky sweet, before chuckling to himself and woodenly references the age statement of the bourbon declaring, eight years in a barrel. That's some natural SFP. Launching in early May, the campaign will run on digital and social media channels in the United States and in select global markets. Well, dang, I want the gummies they took while <laughs> creating this story. <laughs> I mean, come on now. This is... uh. This was Kit sitting around a campfire, like, high one night. And, like, this is... This is... It, I mean, it really breaks beyond <laughs> the thought process of probably what most brands think about. I loved Green Lights, by the way. You're the one who turned me on to oh, it. Oh, yeah. That, that's a great book. I love McConaughey. And this, the, his... I think he wrote that, but I think he had some help, too. With well, they all have... Ryan Holiday writers. and... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- th- you turned me on to it. And it really kind of gives you a, a mind or a, kind of an entrance into his mind and the way he thinks and stuff like that. But you've got to know that there's no other whiskey brand that's out there that thinks in this sort of capacity. So they're definitely trying to go for a, a what if? I don't know an ob- <laughs> obtuse angle on how this is going to try to bring in new people to try the whiskey because that's not the way that most whiskey consumers go and figure out what they want to purchase. They want to figure out exactly what metals are on Does the cardboard good? piece of paper that are right there and which ones maybe have a yellow sticker that says, you know, it's $3 off today or something like that. It's got a pony on it. Yeah. Does it have a horse topper? That's all that really matters. Yeah. No, I do like, it. I love McConaughey and I'm, it, as long as it brings, you know, more people, more attention to the category, I'm all for it. But I, I I thought it was a funny story as you were reading it. I was like, it's like, what is going on here? I tried to I tried to go slow and really get into the it's like a storytelling Bloom novel or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, you you read and or listen to more books on tape than me. I'm I'm very much a if if it's on a movie, you know, I'll watch that, but I'm not going to spend my time reading the book. Yeah, I, you can what, words. What are words? I spend my time too much reading bourbon news to be able to put all that together so i'm here for you all that's what it comes yeah. down to we can tell you don't read with all the you know the <laughs> all the tough mess ups on the <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> so maria perriman she's a cpa and she's written a new book for white mule press it's called distillery finance and it's an overview of the fundamentals of accounting and finance through the specific lens of distilleries having worked with distilleries as a cpa and having written the book brewery financing it gives Pierman the perfect background to write the first book of its kind for the distilling industry. The book will be available for purchase on to well, today, Friday, May 13th. The link to purchase the book will be available on the White Mule press page, and it also will be added to Amazon next week. Oh, dang, I'm getting one right now. <laughs> yeah. we, I was like, there's, need- there's a lot of things we could learn in there, but honestly, I want to... We need a CPA who is like Maria that can just kind of overtake, take some of the stuff over for us. I don't want to learn how to do it. I just need to outsource for this sort of thing. Yeah, but then you got to know what, yeah, I, we're, we're going to learn, Kenny. Well, I'll teach you. <laughs> okay. I'll learn it. Then I'll put it in a movie so you can understand it. And <laughs> I'll have McConaughey write it and you can. As long as he's directing and he's starring in it and we just know exactly how the cells are matching up in the spreadsheet, then it, it all makes sense to me. Yeah, well, well romance like sell c b to d for and um, how they marriage together yeah 
Just just whisper V lookups in my ear and it'll make me feel oh, semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's gonna do it for this part. First half of the episode for bourbon news, but stick around. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. It's bourbon release news time. There's a few things that we have sort of kicking off the the end of the year, second half of the year, first in sorry, end of the first half of the year. I'm trying to figure out where we are. It's it's getting to be May and I, I feel like my calendar is already booked out to August, so my mind's already going crazy. Oh, I'm I'm up through twenty three now already. <laughs> well you are definitely one of the only people that I know that has, has your whole year booked out in advance. I I don't your your wife is a saint for how that happens and she's able to figure and she can really work a calendar i can tell you that oh it's magical i don't know it's crazy i mean you already know what you're gonna eat next wednesday she can squeeze dates out of a month like i've never (laughs) it's it's wild all right so let's kick it off here chicken cock they're kicking off the summer of the rooster with a All bold right. new limit, yeah, cacao. Wait, wait, not cacao. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's not Cock-a-doodle what a rooster do. says. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> like cacao. That was way off there. All right, so they're kicking off Summer of the Rooster with a bold new limited edition of the Island Rooster Rum Barrel Rye. So Island Rooster it was inspired by a trip to the Caribbean where roosters announced the coming of the day. And the new expression starts with Chicken Cock's Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey and is finished in Caribbean rum casks for at least six months. Island Rooster is a 95.5 rye, which is bottled at 95 proof, in an apothecary-style embossed bottle featuring a premium metal cup cap, perfect for pouring while outside the summer. Production was limited to only 25 barrels, and Island Rooster is available for a suggested retail price of $200 per bottle, and it's available online at Chicken Cock's website, and states where it will be distributed. No age statement? Or age statement? No. No age statement. No age statement on I'm that. I'm assuming it's BBC Rye, right? I would think so. But BBC, I mean, 95.5. Which is fantastic. Either, yeah, it's either BBC or it's going to be MGP. Nobody really knows. Didn't really. Oh, no, wait. It is BBC because it says Chicken Cox, yeah, yeah. Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. So, yeah, it's got to be Bardstown's. But, who? It's a price tag on it. Yeah, it's high dollar. I guess those rum barrels must have been expensive to finish in taking a play out of the basil hayden's <laughs> they're the ones that did the 
the, Caribbean the, rum and they, Angel's Envy, I guess. Everybody's everybody's got some sort of Caribbean rum cask finish now. It's what it seems like, but I don't know. There are, some, they're okay. The, well, you've been to Key West um, yeah, where dude, all the roosters are everywhere. They're everywhere. It's the most annoying place to go when it's 6 a.m. because... You're trying to sleep in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, and that's what... They can't get rid of them because there's too many of them and they just run wild around there. It is wild when you go there, but... Uh, yeah, so you're not a fan of Caribbean rum cask rise? For the most part, rums or rye, sorry, rye or bourbons. I'm just not a big fan of a lot of the, the rum finished ones. I think the only one that I did like was the, it, and I mean, of course, like I'm going to say this because we picked it, it was that that barrel, but it was an 18-year-old Kentucky whiskey finished in a rum cask. And yeah. it doesn't have the, and that's when like the rum can kind of take over a little bit. Like when you have a rye, like that spice shows through, but you have this like weird sweetness on it. And I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that it's just not my, not my cup of tea, not my, not my cup of rye flavored rum, if you will. <laughs> but that yeah. also goes to even like uh, Angel's Envy rum. That was actually probably the, one of the first ones that I had was their rye finished and Caribbean rum cask. And every single time I tasted it, I was like, this just tastes like rum. I'm not getting like a big rye flavor in here. Yeah. I can say that I love it or dislike it. I don't know. Isn't seagrass though? It's seagrass is a little bit of everything. Yeah, I guess that's multiple aging barrels. So, yeah, I don't know. The ones from Jefferson are pretty good. Those, uh, that's true. That was a decent one. Yeah, but I like those. That's Pritchard's, right? No, that was or, literally their rye finished in a rum cask. Is what it was. Or is that right? Okay. Yeah. Or no, no, that, wait, was that a rum or cognac? Or no, they had a bourbon and a rum, right? Now we're, now people are going <laughs> to send us hate mail. They're like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. They're, all these whiskeys blend together, but. They sure um, do. They sure do. Yeah. Who cares no, about. Jefferson, Reserve, they, have, they have a bourbon in the, yeah, the old rum cask. Yeah. That oh, yeah, good. that's what it is. They, I think we selected one. Did we select exactly. one? Exactly. Yes. Oh. Never mind. I love that one too. <laughs> we love everything we pick. Are we yes, narcissist yes. or what? Yeah. Uh, don't believe me. Just just believe what I pick. That's right. My, my words carry no weight. My word is not my bond here. So Traverse City Whiskey Company, they're excited to announce the launch of its new limited edition American Lakeside Peach Whiskey. So Michigan peaches are a delicate and sweet, surprisingly resistant to the harsh northern winters. And they're grown off the shores of Lake Michigan, producing some of the world's tastiest fruit. Crafted in the essence of the company's award-winning American cherry and Michigan apple whiskeys, Lakeside Peach infuses the best flavors of Michigan has to offer. American Lakeside Peach is currently available in Georgia, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, Tennessee, and Wisconsin, and has an SRP for $30. And it's 70 proof. Nice. Something for so be a good, like, uh, yeah, cocktail. I love peach, though. Peach is a good... I like peach high noons are my like jam. I love those. <laughs> what Sorry. was the what was the song in the nineties? Peaches, peaches and cream. No, yeah, that's one twelve, right? That's oh, millions of peaches. Peach, yeah, American presidents. Yeah, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Even though peaches yeah. and cream's a solid R and B classic, is there too. That's Blake Reber style. Um, I'm just glad that's the first one that you said. I don't know where your head's at. <laughs> that's all right. One twelve. Well, as we keep talking about music. Balcones and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame famers ZZ Top, they've announced the return of their iconic collaborative whiskey called Trace Hombres. 
The one-of-a-kind expression was originally released in November of last year, which I remember covering on here. And with a pre-sale sold out within 10 minutes, or sorry, just says within minutes. Trace Ombres pays homage to ZZ Top's first top 10 chart album released in 1973 and is made using a grain-to-glass approach with three distinct grains, roasted blue corn, barley, and rye, one for each band member. The expression celebrates strong Texas ties and mutual love for whiskey between the Houston-founded rock and roll band and the Waco-based distillery. ZZ Top has been synonymous with all that the Lone Star State with more than by more than five decades, named the official heroes of the state of Texas and renowned for their signature blues rock sound, ZZ Top has created 15 studio albums and sold an estimated 50 million albums worldwide. In addition, ZZ Top will be launching Raw, a new album set to be released on July 22nd. This whiskey is 100 proof and has a selling price of $60. Rock yep. on, Texas. Here we go. Yeehaw. Or, I don't know, does ZZ Top have like a... Howdy, yeah. But does ZZ Top have like a catch line? I don't really know. I haven't listened to much ZZ Top recently. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. People are going to be like, well, they don't listen to classic rock much anymore, so we... I know. I, I, I do like know. classic rock. I'm totally blanking. Sorry. I know. I'm I love ZZ yeah, Top. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll get the, the urge to kind of just put it on. Uh, Give me all your loving. Yeah, ZZ Top. Give me all your loving, all your hugging. And then Sharp Dressed Man, duh. Oh, Sharp Dressed Man. How do we forget about Sharp Dressed Man? Gosh, we're idiots. Why are we on microphones? That should be our theme song, to be honest with you. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) T-shirts everywhere we go. (laughs) It's true. T-shirts and tennis shoes. That's right. So Westward, sorry, Westward Whiskey, it's a single malt reimagined and elevated American whiskey. They are proudly introducing their next whiskey club release, and it's called Westward American Single Malt Elements, High Desert to the Klamath Basin. So while every whiskey made by the award-winning team at Westward is inspired by the American Northwest, this new release, the first of the forthcoming Elements series, will explore the provenance of the Northwest. It's an innovative representation of the producer's organ's home. Westward American Single Malt Elements High Desert to Klamath Basin is made from elements sourced from Oregon, including two-row spring barley developed at Oregon State University. Prized for its flavor, the varietal is called Full Pint and is grown all around Klamath. The feature will also include a select blending from barley grown and malted in Madras, the central high desert, which was finished in Gariana, which is Oregon white oak casks, from the Oregon Barrel Work Company, the Pacific Northwest's only cooperage. It's bottled at 90 proof and priced at $100 for a 750 ml. The release is now available for pre-order to Whiskey Club members at westwardwhiskey.com. I like that name, Elements. I like that. That's I know. That's a good one. Everybody's running out of cool names and they they snagged one up. I know, they just nailed it. So simple but so relevant. Good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah, they they send us a, a lot of their stuff too. And I we don't really review it because we have so much bourbon stuff to review. I think we we've, we've reviewed it once. And it's pretty good. I mean, if you're into the, yeah, the yeah. single malt category, and it's just one of those things that you know, we got to we got to stick on bourbon. But hey, we still love them, and thank you so much for keeping us in the loop of everything going on for that particular club because they are really moving forward and the pioneers of the single malt space. Should I say American single malt space? So that's right. Congratulations, them. So back to more music. I should have done this one after ZZ Top. So we had him on the podcast. You know him, Brad Paisley. He's about to make it a double this spring with the launch of American Highway Reserve Route 2. This is the second release from his premium bourbon that tells the story of America's open roads through artfully blended whiskey sourced from locations throughout the U.S. Each route is a new journey across the landscapes of America. 
And American Highway Reserve Route 2 is made up of three mash bills, including a 12- and 4-year-old Kentucky Straight Bourbon, complemented by an 8-year-old bourbon sourced from Georgia, blended to create a distinct flavor that allows the final aging aboard the Rolling Rickhouse. And Route 2 toured the country along with Brad Paisley during the summer of 2021. For Paisley, it's more than just putting his name on something. He wanted to find a partner with which he could shape the whiskey every step of the way. So in partnership with our friends over at Bardstown Bourbon Company, he touches every aspect of the product from the selection of barrels, the aging, and ultimately the final blend, working closely with the VP of New Product Development, Mr. Dan Calloway. American Highway Route 2 is presented at 98 proof and has an SRP of $100. Roughly 10,000 cases will be available in 20 markets across the U.S. and online through sealbox.com. Nice. Congratulations, Brad. I'm trying to think of the driver's name that we talked about on the podcast that we're like, are you going to hire him again? Oh, uh, Skeeter. Gosh. Is that Skeeter? A that's right. Skeeter <laughs> juice. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the cocktail name is going to be Skeeter juice, but I think we've landed on like mud on the tires or something. It's going to be like the first Kahlua bourbon cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, you want the, you want the breakdown of the mash bills? Yeah. Let's that, That's interesting. Let's see it. Okay. Or so, hear it, not say it, hear it. So the, uh, the least amount was 7% of that 12 year old Kentucky bourbon. And that's a 78, 10, 12. There was 27% of a four-year-old Kentucky bourbon, which is 70, 21, 9. And the 66% was the eight-year-old Georgia bourbon. 80% corn, 10% rye, 5% huh. wheat, and 5% malted barley. Georgia bourbon. Huh. I know. I'm kind of curious, too. I wonder if it's that one from Savannah. Um, ghost kind of like Ghost, was, yeah. And, and we like their that goes but it's probably not it's probably some there's I've, probably a bigger distillery in georgia but maybe not say, i don't know there's, there's probably like 30 distilleries in georgia now so yeah who knows but it's an you say it's an eight-year georgia distillate eight, huh eight-year georgia and it comprises 66 percent. so i'll be interested to see what this tastes like yeah we'll be in bardstown next week we might Asking for a sample. Yeah. Like crack one of those open. We'll see Give if it's one of those Georgia barrels. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what this tastes like. It tastes like peach. Peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> or millions of peaches. Millions Just of peaches. What was the other songs? Lump. Lump they sang. Oh God. I forgot about that one. That's like people, people, be, people like, people like those turning songs. us off and going back to Spotify and listening to Lump now. <laughs> oh man. Those are such good, but such bad songs. It's the 90s. is that what it was? So some hits right there. All right. Yep. So our last news article of the trip, of your hike, of whatever you're on right now. So credited as the first beer aged in bourbon barrels, Goose Island's Bourbon County Stout Line has attracted many passionate fans who form long lines of liquor stores to snap up the full line of new flavors before they sell out. And often they butter up store clerks beforehand to suss out when the latest shipment will arrive. And afterward, they flaunt their purchases on social media. So have, some have even thrown fits online and when snafus inevitably occur. However, the brand will celebrate on Friday the venture into a new and more exclusive territory and hop on a growing trend in hospitality when it puts more than 2,000 barrel house collection NFTs on sale at $500 each plus tax. So the company values the NFTs at more than $1 million, according to a representative. The move is designed to mark the 30th anniversary of Bourbon County Stout. So there will be 1,992 bar barrel house collection NFTs that represent eight different chapters. 
such as history, bourbon, oak, aging, and variants. And there's a few more in there. And there's 249 of those each. And if you collect all eight of them, then you get the ninth chapter and it's called rare, which anybody kind of knows they have the, what's called the rare release every few years. And that gets you access, or should I say any one of those NFTs gets you access to just merch, such as a throwback tap handle, a barrel stave, and a snifter only for NFT holders. Now, there are also 29 reserve NFTs that get you the ability to bypass the line on release day and a digital display for your NFT and a custom barrel head, plus a VIP experience of tasting rare vintage years from the vault. And there is one, only one, 24 karat gold edition that gets you a barrel display shelf and a private tasting with a Goose Island brewer. Dang, 24 karat magic. Mm-hmm. And that Bruno Mars song or something. Um, I'm, I'm out on You going to do it? You're a big stout fan. I, I love Bourbon County stout. I mean, I, I, I think I've said it here before. We, we even had a brewer from Bourbon County stout on, what, I think two years ago? And Yes, I do love my stouts. I think I've got, I still have some back from 2014. Like I get a few every single year and I I usually try to go and find a a, a variant or two, but it's gotten a little crazy and hard to find. And I know that even the regular ones tend to kind of sit on the shelves now because there's, they kind of like went overboard with it. However, there's, this is interesting, but I don't like this NFT route and I'll, I'll tell you why. First is that each NFT costs $500 each. That's a ton. So if I was, I have to collect all eight, that's a couple thousand dollars I have to spend just so I can get what's called a rare edition. And that gets me a throwback tap handle and a snifter. Like that seems ridiculous. And then the other NFTs, since there's only 30 of them, that doesn't even get you beer. Like that gets you access, special access to be able to purchase beer where you can skip the line. So I look at this and I'm like, this is, this is way too much money. There's not much utility that you're going to get out of these, but Hey, we'll see. There's a lot of crazy people out there in the beer world. So we'll see who picks up on it. It used to be you had to get on black Friday and line up. And, but now, I mean, they're, you know, a dime a dozen. So it's like, why pay to get access when pretty much you can have access yeah, the, the regular ones are pretty available. They're not hard but to get. But this is not for the regular ones. Well, I mean, it's it's for the regular one too, but they always have about like seven or eight different variants. And then in Chicago only, they have what's called the prop release. And so you can only get it in Chicago. And so this gets you even first access to get, not even to get, to buy those bottles too. But it, I mean, I've been in Chicago before and prop is still sitting around in some liquor stores. So- I don't know. You have people that go and chase them, but with as much as that they're coming out, I don't really know if it's necessary to go through through this much effort just because it's not as rare as it used to be. But hey, that's just me. Well, I still love the beer. Just, so I'm not trying I'm not trying to change anything the way. I love the beer. It's some of the best barrel age. I when we we do beer collaborations, I always say this is the gold standard. If you can meet this or you can meet Prairie Artisan Nails, like that's what I'm looking for because it's just it's like soy sauce and motor oil mixed together, and that's what I love. <laughs> soy sauce and motor oil, match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're just, you know, thinking the NFT will help bring in new consumers or something. I don't know. There's got to be this whole NFT space is so new, and it's, you know, maybe they're just trying it out to get some new people. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're going to be 
hard pressed to sell two thousand of them, but I might be wrong. Two thousand? I, I, I mean, across the country, that's not hard. But the utility, most of this is just for people that live in the Chicago area. Oh, well, Chicago is pretty big. <laughs> yeah, <I> true. Mean, <laughs> there you go. People are going to go to the distillery anyway, so why not? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure some smart guy or girl looked at you know the numbers and we could make this happen. You know, mm-hmm. they'll probably do it. So there's a bunch of there's some idiots out there with some crypto they can burn. Why not? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there's a suck. Plenty of suckers in the beer and whiskey world. <laughs> That will be a, a good segue to tell everybody to go watch that. Did I tell you to go watch that South Park movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one That's was pretty it? pretty good. Something about yeah, like the, uh, after the pandemic or something right, like that. It's post-pandemic or yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> Let me tell you about NFTs. <laughs> I hope hope everybody has either seen that and they get it or if you are a South Park fan, please go and watch it. I think it's on Paramount. Totally worth your time. But with that, that's going to end this week's This Week in Bourbon. A lot of good things to talk about. And we'll be back yet again next week with, with more bourbon news or bour- bourbon, bourbon and beer and whatever news we can kind of throw at you. Maybe some American single mom. I don't know. Maybe some stories about an oak tree and some campfire. Ryan and Kenny yes. campfires uh, and roasted marshmallows while refreshing our feed to buy an NFT. <laughs> Freeman. Freeman. That's right. Well, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Yeah.